everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of NXT Talk, the podcast where we talk about all things NXT. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and this week I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everyone doing out there? Uh, hope we're all staying safe if you're an American listener. Uh, Godspeed. Let's not get too, too political here immediately off the bat, especially. But, you know, uh, the world is uh, just ready for some professional wrestling right now. That's right. We need some entertainment. We don't get that on Mondays. We don't get that on Fridays. <laughs> so we have Certainly to rely not. on Wednesdays with not one, but two half-decent shows. Half-decent. I would say both both qualified as half-decent. So, you know, they put in a good effort, but, you know, not the strongest effort. Workmanlike performances from both shows. I did like uh, I did like AEW slightly better, but they're in a different position than NXT. NXT just had their big show, and this is the reset. AEW is building towards their big show, so it was going to be ramped up a little more. Exactly, and that's you know that that's that's acceptable. We accept it. That's all good. We're going to talk a little more about the AEW Dynamite show. We're going to give kind of our quick thoughts on this Saturday's pay per view, but before all that. You know, I kind of want to thank everyone for listening last week and kind of set the stage for this week as we kind of talk about all things NXT. Um, you know, so we are going to be introducing some segments here and there. If they work, we'll continue. If the feedback is good, we'll continue. If we don't think they work and or feedback is bad, We'll yank them. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be trying new things, and hopefully it all works out for you. So this week, we're going to introduce a little later on a new segment. You know, what made you pop? What made you rant? We're going to have a quick discussion about that. We're also going to discuss, like I mentioned, AEW Full Gear this Saturday. But maybe... Maybe bust out a little pick contest. Yeah. Perhaps track the standings. We'll see how long that goes. But uh, you know, we're we're here to we're here for a good time and a long time. Exactly. That's exactly it. We're here for a good time. So, you know, but before all that, we're here to talk about NXT primarily on the USA network from the WWE Capital Wrestling Center in Orlando, Florida. All right. So the show just had a hard open. We head to the Capitol Wrestling Center, where we see Ember Moon at the top of the stage to kick things off. But first, we get a video package highlighting the events from Halloween Havoc. Um, you know, plain and simple. See the video package. Cool. Um, we see Ember Moon again. Dakota Kai is already in the ring. Or Dakota Kai is being introduced. Um, one thing I got to point out about Ember Moon is I love the new look. Um, new entrance, really cool. Again, new theme, the whole CFO thing. But there's one thing about Ember Moon's new getup that I cannot stand. Oh, what's that? That's interesting because I really like the presentation. She looks like a furry with that fucking tail. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's something I hadn't considered. I'd have to go back and investigate. 
But uh, you, I could maybe see it. There is the, fur is definitely uh, prominent in her costume. You know, I can live with the mask. I can live with the vest. I can live with everything. It's the tail where I lose it. I just can't take <laughs> her serious anymore. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the, the, the tail, I did it. I, I literally did not notice the tail. But uh, I probably have a similar reaction. Had I noticed the tail, that's really funny. Yep. All right. And before we jump into this, I apologize. Because we will give our match ratings. And this week, we will give Cameron Grimes jump screens. <laughs> I'm for it. There were certainly no shortage of jump screams, jump scares in this one. All right. So Ember Moon, Dakota Kai, with Raquel Gonzalez on her side. Um, pretty straightforward match. You know, I think for me, it was really cool to see Ember Moon back in a prominent position. Um, you know, back where she belongs in NXT, being used properly. Um, and, you know, I'll talk about this in a little bit, but it was just great seeing attention, proper attention being put in a women's division. And for me, that was really cool. What did you think of the match? I uh, I 100% agree. I really liked the match. I would have, uh, I, I think they could have done with a little more time, actually, which doesn't always happen in WWE, but I, I thought they were just kind of getting going. I'd like to see a little more of it. And then they ended. It was really good. There was one spot I'd like to highlight. Uh, they kind of did a play of the Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, sit up and stare at each other where Ember Moon kind of gives Dakota Kai a wink and says, come on, bring it on. And then when Dakota Kai swings the punch at her, Ember immediately traps her in a submission. It was really, really awesome. Very satisfying spot. I thought this was a very good match. I'd like to see it again on a takeover, maybe. We can see it get longer and flesh out a little more. But I thought this was in the three to three and a half jump scare range. I'm going to go three and a half jump scares for this one as a 70% jump scare percentage. All right. That's actually, you know what? I would agree. I would agree. Overall, good mat wrestling, good timing, good pacing. Dakota Kai and Ember Moon looked fairly strong here. Um, so, you know what? I'm pretty happy, and it's all good. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it was pretty simple. I think we summed it up. You know, and pretty I, straightforward. I do I, I do want to add, I'm liking this Dakota Kai push a lot. It's very good that she's getting some big wins because she does, she's kind of in that position where she gets some wins, but she loses the big one. And I kind of thought that Ember Moon was going over here. So it was really nice to see a clean, no bullshit win. Well, I guess slight amount of bullshit win. Yeah. For, Ember, uh, for uh, sorry, Dakota Kai. Yeah. Yep. So long story short, uh, Raquel Gonzalez gets in the assist. Uh, Moon hits the DDT. Moon lays on top of the term buckle. Kai gets the cover. One, two, three. Bam. All Good right. Good yep. Good opener. Good pace. Um, Dakota Kai is making her way back up the ramp with Raquel Gonzalez as she states to Ember Moon, I just proved you wrong. So we jump backstage to Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes is being interviewed by Mackenzie Mitchell, and Grimes looks scared to death after saying he's still seeing zombies a week later. Grimes then states he's over it. We head to commercial break. All right. Uh, NXT loaded a little gun here because he ran away from the referee who had turned into a, a zombie in the haunted house match. So yes. keep that in mind, wrestling fans. Yep, that does come into play later which is kind of cool you know one thing that i'm really enjoying about nxt right now and maybe because i'm paying more attention because i have to but and 
this is something that I personally like about wrestling shows in general, and that's that we see a common story throughout the night. You know, it it it's it kind of draws you into the entire show. It's not like planning segment by segment. It's like there's an actual plan throughout the entire show. God, that's awesome. He, you couldn't see it just now, but I was nodding vigorously over Spike. I 100% agree with that, my friend Boris. Yep. All right, we get back from commercial. Shotzi Blackheart. Um, now Mackenzie Mitchell is now with the host from Halloween Havoc, Shotzi Blackheart. Blackheart puts over her hand-picked opponent for tonight, Tony Storm. Um, I'm super looking... I was super looking forward to this match um so you know it's it's kind of cool because they they really they're really trying to put over tony storm you know winner of the may young classic um you know she's back in nxt i want a piece of her so you know something to look forward to later all right I, Sec- that, I i think this is a pretty clever way to get into a babyface versus babyface match too because you can always just book two popular wrestlers against each other but it, it, anytime there's any kind of storyline explanation for it it obviously will add to the match so this was pretty clever i yep. like it exactly agreed all right we jump to Kashida versus cameron grimes another match I was really looking forward to. So Cameron Grimes is waiting in the ring for tonight's matchup. Kushida's music hits. Kushida makes his way down to the ring. Referee's name goes for the bell. We're off. Um, you know, I really liking Kushida right now. It's it's about time that we see Kushida in a again similar to Ember Moon. I'm happy that the, that NXT is finally using Kushida properly. You know, he's been around for about a year. I know he was injured for a little while, but it's about time that, you know, that they showcase him a little more. Um, this, quote-unquote, new attitude that Kushida has, um, a little more aggressive, a little more hard. It, it also suits him really well. Really enjoying the mat wrestling from this match. Um, Cameron Grimes, week over week, is turning into kind of my MVP, my most improved wrestler, the guy that I'm kind of looking forward to in the back of my head. Um, this was a really fun match. Um, what did you think? Uh, I, I did like this match. I, I felt it was uh, it was kind of like, I don't know, I, I, I'm going to insult it by calling it average, but it was an average WWE match just in the beats. Okay, so it goes X amount of time not very long, goes through a commercial break. You get a little bit of shine and a couple big moves from both guys, and then you get a weird bullshit finish. That seems like a lot of WWE matches lately. Now, I do think it was slightly above average just because the people involved are so fucking good. Like Cameron Grimes and Kushida, they could sleepwalk their way to a good match. Yeah. So this was this was a fun match to watch. The ending was pretty cheesy. It was unique, but it was also bullshit of the highest regard. So, I don't know. I didn't love this match. I actually kind of liked it less than the opener, though I would still, I would personally still give it in that three-star above average range. Let's go three jump scares, 60% jump scare percentage for this one, personally. All right. And that's the that's the thing. The ending, a little off. So, essentially, the referee is knocked out. A new referee comes out, and it's the same referee who was a zombie during the Haunted House of Terrors match last week. The same referee who Grimes ran away from earlier in the night. Referee runs down, but Grimes is scared. He runs around the ring, running from the ref. Kashida catches Grimes in a, in a hoverboard lock, and Grimes taps out. 
Yeah, you know, it, 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 to me, it kind of did hurt the match. Like, I think the match is originally at a 3.5 jump scares, then moved down to a 3. So I will agree with you on that again. Um, one thing about WWE is that they're so afraid to cleanly, absolutely cleanly put certain people over in. in yes. It's very frustrating, and it's just like, so they did two visual pinfalls in this match as well. Kushida had a uh, had a period where he had Grimes pinned or submitted. I forgot. I think it was a pin. And then, like, seconds later, Grimes did the same thing to Kushida. So they both got the visual pin, and then Kushida got the win with, like, referee hijinks. It's just yep. kind of like if you're, if you're going to book a match and you don't want either guy to lose, then just put them against different people, you know? Like, I don't know. It just seemed like they they did so much. They twisted themselves into a pretzel here to not make either guy look weak, and it kind of just made it into nothing as a result. But it was still it was still fun to watch. It's still Cameron Grimes versus Kashida. It's yeah. not ever going to be bad. Yeah, but you know, but still, like the whole point of wrestling is to put people over. If you're afraid to properly put people people over, then what's the point? You know, it's 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 frustrating because as a fan. Here we were praising them last week with Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez. You know, they did a great job of putting both performers over with a clean finish. Even after the match, Raquel Gonzalez looked maybe even stronger than Rhea Ripley with the loss. Um, so we know it's possible, but it's like they're afraid to execute this time over time. Yeah. I 100% agree, and it is very frustrating to watch. But again, you can't you can't say this match was bad. It would be unfair for me to say that. I agree. It, it was not bad. It was a great match up until the last couple minutes, and I saw it coming. Unfortunately, you know when they did the whole um, jump scare earlier with the referee, I knew I knew something was gonna happen. But yeah, I I, I was thinking Dexter Loomis was gonna show up, um, but it was just you know whatever. It was what it was. It definitely looks like that feud isn't over, and I do think that Cameron Grimes needs a win over him in a clean match, and of all people in wrestling to get a good match out of Dexter Loomis. It might be Cameron Grimes. He might be the one to do it. Yep. All right. Then we jump to a video package of Tony Storm. And she's talking about her return to NXT and the upcoming match with Shotzi Black. And then we go to commercial. When we're back from commercial, we see a video clip of Io Shirai winning the belt last week, Shirai calls out Rhea Ripley, saying that after all they've been through, she wants to face her one-on-one. -on -one. So the gauntlet has been set. Challenge is out there. Io Shirai calls out Rhea Ripley. That's, oh. that's awesome. That's that's the biggest match that uh, NXT can do in their women's division. Very, very excited for that. I think these little, like, minute, 90-second personality profile videos are very effective. They, they really always are. work. They always make me want to see the match or the wrestler that they're advertising. They never, ever fail. You know, one thing we have to remember at NXT is that it is developmental. You know, the assumption is that not everyone who's watching the show knows these people. Not everyone who watches these people, these wrestlers, these performers have seen them in the indies or in previous organizations. So for me, it's a great way of kind of not only showcasing how good they are, not only showcasing their promo skills, but kind of introducing them overall to us. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it's a good thing to keep in mind, You, uh, especially with this brand, but even like with any wrestling show, I think in this time, 
people are going to like not there's so much wrestling out there that people are going to have blind spots. Everyone, even the most hardcore fans, don't watch everything. You can't. It's impossible. Exactly. All right. We head back. Match number three. An unannounced match this time. So we're in the arena, and Killian Dane and Drake Maverick make their way down to the ramp as their upbeat music is playing in the <laughs> arena. You know FIFA what? FIFA 14 uh, theme. Yeah. <laughs> then this team and and i know this is like a cliche this is an overdone thing you know two people kind of never liked each other the unwilling tag team partners ter will turn into bffs it's been done we've seen it but i'm really enjoying this like we're seeing a whole other side of killian dane that you know for once he actually has personality for once he looks like he's having fun for once i actually really care about what he's doing a hundred percent and like I, I said this last week too he's always brought it in the ring i thought yeah i thought he's always been a tremendous wrestler very underrated in the ring doesn't really have bad matches but he didn't ever have much of a character or personality and drake maverick is pure character and personality so i love this gimmick you're right it does happen too much but when they do it right it works so yep. you know i don't i don't mind i love the fifa 14 theme too i love the theme song it's so perfect yeah you Our, it, it's it, even if you don't like the song itself and find it annoying the great part about it is you immediately know exactly what this act is about within five seconds within five seconds you see dane just hating it and you see uh drake just dancing around him and it's perfect you immediately understand what's going on but isn't that what wrestling is supposed to be about you see something and you quickly understand like it doesn't need to be convoluted. It doesn't need to be crazy. It doesn't need to be intense. If you see something, it should make sense to you on TV. Absolutely. It should click instantly so you can understand what's happening in front of you. 100%. Yeah. All right. Maverick, Dane coming down. Or sure, you know, dancing down. Everrise <laughs> awaiting in the ring. Referee signals for the bell and this match is underway. Quick match. Really, you know what? I got to say, Dane and Maverick really clicking, really good tag team moves. Um, you know, Parker from Everrise, he really uh, impresses me. Everrise are two guys that I've seen in the indies um, quite a bit. So it's yeah, Canadian, kind of, Canadian indie staples they are, I would yeah, say. Yeah, so it's cool to see them here on NXT, but it's still weird for me. Anyways, that's beside the point. This match didn't last too long. Um because in the middle of the match, unfortunately, you know, and and we're going to talk about this because I'm not sure how I feel about this just yet. In the middle of the match, they do a picture-in-picture, -picture, um, and essentially, we see a white uh, SUV drive up, and it's no none other than Pat McAfee, Only Lorcan, Danny Birch, and Pete Dunne. The and top knot himself. Yeah, and we kind of see them park, get out, walk into the NXT or the 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 performance center, and you know it. it your attention is completely taken away from the tag team match. Um, you know, at least it was this match and not one of the announced matches. But still, you know, it sucks to take away the attention from the performers in the ring. Um, so, you know, as you can guess, as McAfee, Lorcan, Birch, and Dunn 
walk in, they come into the arena, they come into the ring area, and they essentially clean up house. Yeah, so I can understand the criticism there. I 100% get it, but I think it worked here, especially because one of the performers in the match at the end of this has a clear feud set up now yep. and a clear path to, to get back at these guys. This wasn't just beating up on jobbers for the sake of it. There's a, there's an underlying story here, like as you were saying before, um, yep. but yeah, the match itself, it was, it was getting good. I do love me some ever rise Canadian indie staples, uh, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. I'm ready for them to have their big match. Like they've been doing this storyline building smaller matches, which has to happen. You need to establish the personality of the team, but now it's time for them to, to get the big match. And I think it's probably coming as we can get into against the newly dubbed Kings of NXT. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah, so the match for the match itself, I'm going to go like, let's say it was below average. Let's call it two stars. Not terrible. Not unwatchable. Two stars. Two. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Oh, excuse me. Two jump scares for a 40% jump scare percentage. But yeah. Uh, yeah, the real story here was the NWO style beatdown of these four clown shitheads. And then the Kings of wrestling promo, Kings of NXT promo, which was awesome again it went too long but they're just letting pat mcafee cook they're just giving the man the mic and letting him cook and kind of make his mistakes it's developmental boris he's got to develop yep here's the thing it did go a little long but he did not repeat himself this time there was a coherent progression point um to this overall promo but he's just such an asshole piece of shit heel it's amazing. And just seeing the reactions of Lorkin, Birch, and Dunn just kills me. I absolutely love them in the background. Um, you take three awesome performers, put them with a great talker, and you get, and I'm going to say this right now, the best stable in NXT history. Oof. Oof. Hot take. That's it, that's hot. It's too early for for me to say that, but I do think they have that potential because they have it all. They have three great workers, a great personality, and I love the uh, the dichotomy of the background performers because the tag team is goofy. They're fired up. They're all energy, and then Pete Dunne is silent, unmoving killer who is just the meanest, toughest man now in NXT. Apparently, yep. My favorite thing here is the fact that they give. Pete Dunne, a reason for hating Undisputed Era. You know, they they, they do a callback when, when Roderick Strong joined Undisputed Era. It was Pete Dunne who took the beating. So it's kind of like, payback's a bitch, guys. Uh, fuck you, guys. I'm with them. But I'm going to make sure your life is a living hell. So that was an awesome callback. It's very rare in WWE that you see, you know... Um, I'm not going to say long-term booking because no one planned this years ago. Um, I bet you Pete Dunne was just kind of replaced and shoehorned into this group um, because of the injuries. Um, but, you know, uh, I just love the fact that they did the callback. Absolutely. They they have all this history. It's so good when they tap into it because they might as well. That, that's what makes it a TV show. That's what makes it satisfying to come back and watch and listen to podcasts like Talk NXT. But uh, yeah, before we pa move on past this promo, I do want to say I think this was the first ever uh, almost, it didn't actually happen, but the first ever jersey retirement in wrestling history. So the the conceit of the promo 
was that Pat McAfee was going to retire the Undisputed Era banner because their time was done. But as he was about to raise it to the rafters, he decided to hold a vote to, within the kings of NXT to see if they felt that Undisputed was actually worthy. And of course, they all voted no and then burnt the banner in a trash can. That was I. I loved it. My favorite was McAfee constantly saying, "We're the greatest." You suck. Cheers. Um, I want he's that trying shirt to get right that now. Over, it seems like he's trying to get it over as a catchphrase, and I like it. I'm for it. Yep. It's a little. It's a little lengthy, but you know what? He pulls it off. Exactly. Um, yeah. So they burn the banner. They exit the building. They're still talking sh- trash to everyone, um, and then Killian then reappears. Gets his ass kicked, as one would expect, as he's it's one on four. Um, Pete Dunn gets Killian Dane down. Killian Dane is positioned perfectly. Pete Dunn closes the door on Killian Dane's head. And McAfee had the best reaction here. Like, it was such a, like, you know, that was cool, but we need to work this out later. We need to talk about this aggression. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. I was actually... Having having just go, gone through this promo again, I think this might win my promo of the night award uh, over both shows. I thought AEW had some good contenders, but this promo was awesome. It achieved everything it needed to. It got over not only the four guys in this group, but also Killian Dane kind of has a direction now past uh, the lackey of Drake Maverick as he's gone and be gunning for revenge from these guys. It also made Pete Dunn into the craziest man in NXT instantly for kicking a car door into this man's face and destroying it. So I love this promo. I think this was, this was like as good as a wrestling segment can be. It did so much. I think this was a five howl, five jump scare promo. It was pretty perfect. I, well, you could say it was perfect. It wasn't perfect. Four and a half, <laughs> but it was great. It was the best, the best promo you're going to see tonight across either show. And I definitely think you should check it out. Yep. One thing I really liked about the Pete Dunne part is, you know, it's the reaction. When other heels say, you've gone too far, you mm. know you've gone too far. That's a great point. That's so true. It's always it's always good to see that. Yeah. All right. So then we're in the Gargano's home. And this promo, this segment just made me laugh so hard. Johnny Gargano, you know, I've always been a Johnny Gargano fan. I know a lot of people haven't. Um, And I was, I'm not going to say skeptical of him turning heel, but I was more interested um, and cautiously optimistic about, you know, how his heel turn would be and how he would progress as a heel. And man, it has not disappointed me. So we see Johnny Gargano at home. At the dinner table, in contrast from two weeks ago where he was scared shitless and hating wheels, this week (laughs) he loves the wheels and loves making history. The person in the screen mask is sitting at the table with Gargano. They do a quick bit. Gargano tells that person that he will successfully defend his North American championship next week against a worthy opponent. I'm excited for it to be like uh, El, El Luchador generic, 
but uh, or who, who whatever I, I was gonna say El Generico, but he's actually an incredible wrestler. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. This was this was a great promo. So you said you were uh, you were like cautiously optimistic, maybe, and like you were just letting it play out with Johnny Gargano's heel turn. I was pretty sure that it was gonna suck. I hated the idea, and at first it did suck. I feel like, but he has completely figured it out. Johnny Gargano's a great heel now, and you did you just have to be not paying attention to the show to think otherwise. This was a this was a hilarious promo, and it seems that they're milking the reveal of the person in the scream costume. Yep, as the next segment will show us. Um, one thing I'm really liking about NXT at this point, and one of my notes here is kind of like, you know, everyone is in a meaningful program right now. Everything we've oh. seen has built and is building towards something. What that something is? Cool that I don't know. Cool that I can't guess it. But it's something, you know, and that's something that that we're missing in other shows. It's something that I'm so glad that we're getting here in NXT versus other places. Um, so you know, it, it, it's it just reminds me of the glory days of wrestling for me. You know, of of where every segment actually meant something. Yeah, and even even the Val Venuses had a great program that you looked forward to. That's a really good point, man. That's something I hadn't considered, but I 100% agree. Everybody on this show has a clear direction, except maybe Everrise, but their direction is lose to the good wrestlers. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like Everrise is, is, is destined to lose this program, but we'll have the next program to look forward to. But even Everrise, a new team, um, yeah. you know, who's made no, sporadic I just, I, appearances... I yeah, but it, it this is the point. You know, even they are in a meaningful program right now. Even they matter to the show. How many times do you watch Raw and or SmackDown? Probably never, but this is a theoretical question. How many times do you watch Raw and or SmackDown? And they're just throwaway segments, you know? With so many wrestlers on the roster, how can you have throwaway segments? It's crazy. So much, and so much time to fill. I guess that's why they have it, but they can do so much with it if they weren't just looking to fill the time. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunately, there. <laughs> exactly. All right. Tony Storm versus Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi runs at the ring and shoves Tony Storm immediately. She seems to be having an issue with Tony Storm for some reason. So I was a little confused at the start, but this is where watching the show at home. Makes a lot of sense, and this is where, you know what, I gotta give a lot of kudos to the NXT commentary team. They are killing it. Um, you know, they're not the best, per se, but they do such a good job of progressing storylines, which is, again, something you can't say about every show. Um, so, we hear from the commentary team that Shotzi was blaming Tony Storm for her tank going missing. So, there you go. Mystery solved. Why was Shotzi, you know... <laughs> Uh, half an hour ago, she was praising Tony Storm. Now she's angry. Now we know why. Her tank is missing. And I love the fact that they even put over the fact that she uses a tank because she has um, a family member in the military who watches every week. So it's like, you know, they added that extra emotional part to it for a good reason. Um, Matt, do you want to talk this match through? Uh, sure. Yeah. I, I do want to yeah shout out to that, to the announcers and specifically what you just said about pointing out why she drives this silly little tank to the ring in the first place, because it kind of just seemed like a silly gimmick to me. Anyway, I haven't seen much of Shotzi. Maybe they've referenced this on the show before. If they have, I've apologized. I, I apologize. But this is the first I've heard about it. And it was like, oh, okay. So 
oh, this is a real thing. And it's an actual, it, it's, it's a real thing in her character that she loves and means something to her. So beautiful. So this was a, this was a good match. It was, it was a little, uh, it, it seemed like Shotzi knew this was the biggest match of her career and she was just on 150. She was, she was flying through this match at 11. It was, it was, it was crazy. She, she did one spot where she tripped on the top rope. Uh, like these things happen, not like, well, you fucked up or anything, but it was just very visible how amped up and excited Shotzi was for this match. It, it almost like she was going too fast. And, again, the commentary did a great thing of putting over the fact that, yeah, she fucked up, but she's super excited, she's amped, you know, so shit happens. Um, and, again, kudos to the commentary team there. Uh, but, again, yeah, Shotzi did make a couple mistakes, both, in, you know, before the commercial and after the commercial. She did calm down a lot after the commercial, but there were a couple cues. But overall, you know, this is where Tony Storm really excels. Just made it seem so natural. Didn't freak out. Even that one spot where um, Tony Storm uh, did the bridge um, and Shotzi's uh, shoulders weren't down on the mat and Shotzi had to reposition herself. It just, you yeah. know, they, they did it so seamlessly. Um, you can't blame performers for screwing up, you know. Us in the internet wrestling community love shitting on anyone who fucks up a little bit. But, you know what, they did a great job of moving the match forward. Absolutely. Um, and, 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 and I really enjoyed that. But this match, again, you know, second women's match of the night, third women's segment, and... and I think that, you know, this for me was such a good match. It showed Tony Storm. It showed Shotzi Blackheart, even though she did screw up a little. But it, it was it was a really good match. And they gave them enough time to kind of put each other over. Absolutely. I thought, yeah, I thought it was really good. And it's abundantly clear why they like Tony Storm. They need to push this girl to the moon. As much as, like, Rhea Ripley is a huge star in waiting, I think Tony Storm has limitless potential limitless she's so young she's she's beautiful she's an incredible wrestler she she's the sky is the limit for her there she yep. there's nothing that she lacks nothing yeah she's not your average woman female performer she's got that extra it factor you know that charisma um seeing her live also i saw her live last year during SummerSlam weekend for Smash. And, um, you know, it just, when she walks down, when she's in the rings, like everyone just puts all attention on her and she just knows how to do it. Like she just knows how to like, even just brush her hair back, the faces she makes, the way she poses, she just knows what she's doing. And that just, she's you pro. can't teach that. Nope, she's a pro, she's a star, she's ready to go, she should be on Raw. I'm glad she's not, because she'll be much better here, but yeah, she's she's a talent. Uh, so yeah, if you want to just quickly get into the ending of this match, yeah. uh, Candice, Candice LeRae shows up on the big screen. I thought Candice did an amazing job with her promo here. I was shocked at how good she was. Not like, that's like, That seems mean, but I was just like, wow, like, Candice, go get it, girl. She was killing it. But uh, she basically... I, it, it, long story short, she has a big old jacked up, what was it, like a Hummer, like some kind of big vehicle of sorts, and she uh, runs over the tank that Sh well, Shotzi Blackheart 
holds so dear and it took her like a good minute of driving over this tank for the thing to actually destroy which was pretty funny for it to actually break but uh yeah so candace loray breaks the tank that's uh so important to shotzi blackheart because shotzi cost her the world uh women's title last week yep exactly so you know you get the continuation the continuation of Larray Blackheart. You get Tony Storm in an awesome position because she did get the win because, um, you know, as Candice Larray first showed up on the screen, kind of distracted Blackheart, she got the one, two, three in a quick roll up. Um, I do. Uh, I, I did appreciate that uh, Tony, rather than doing the classic schoolboy, actually threw in the old. I think it's like the Japanese rolling clutch yep. pin, just because she's good and she can do it. <laughs> anyway, yep. and 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 I like you know as Blackheart is heartbroken, screaming, crying, overly dramatic. Tony Storm is kind of in the background, coming closer to her, saying like you know they're there. It's just that little added touch is like, hey, I'm a face too. I'm not with Larray. That's your. That's that's something else, you know. So I, yeah. it's those little touches that I love about wrestling and those details that really, you know, I made me appreciate this entire segment even more. Hundred percent agree. I yeah, re- really liked it. As for rating, I think uh, I think the I was I was going maybe three, but I think you probably talked me into three and a half. I don't think these these are like A level matches. I would say like a four a four jump scare match would be like an a that's 80 percent. that's yeah. the canadian grading system but uh yeah so this is in the 70 to 75 percent let's go 75 uh wait no let's go 73 and a half jump scare match yep i agree with that all right we see a video one of those earlier today videos of legado Del Fantasma showing up at the arena. Jake Atlas pulls up and hits Raul Mendoza with a bat. Threatens to hit Joaquin Wilde with the bat as well before getting back in his car and driving away. Pretty pretty fast. Um, but again, you know, couple minutes. Reminder, hey, there's this storyline still going on. And it's just, again, the progression of the show was fast and great and, and smooth. And everyone on the show has a meaningful place, even the next segment, which I kind of want to put a little focus on, talk a little about it, and that's Thatch as Thatch Can. Yes, sir. We get a live session of Thatch as Thatch Can Wrestling. Thatcher says that tonight's lesson is on reversals. You know, for those who don't remember, last two weeks ago he did this, um, and it kind of backfired him in the end. He shows how a guillotine this week. He shows how a guillotine choke works, and then shows how to reverse out of the hold. He keeps punishing his student with a top wrist lock. His student seems very upset, but says that he's he's, he's good. He tries to get his student to do the escape. He lures the student into an ankle lock. Student fiercely taps. Thatcher talks about how you have to be prepared always be prepared then austin gray same student from two weeks ago comes out and attacks thatcher hits thatcher with a kick sending him over the barricade into the audience and he runs off so the reason why i wanted to talk about this segment a little bit is because you know back in the day when i was a when i was a wee lad i remember watching superstars and you would always see superstar versus jobber 
you know, we still see this from time to time. But this is probably the most creative way to use a jobber, you know. I know we've seen things like this in the past, but seeing this and like for for a guy like like Timothy Thatcher, you know, he he's a much better promo than I thought. He knows how to talk, he knows what he's doing, and he's excelling at what he's the best at, which is wrestling. So, this is such a genius and ingenious way of using a jobber um and 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 at the same time, you know, filling in a segment putting in over your superstar and now we have this Austin Gray guy out of nowhere kind of making a name for himself with that you know that that match that's about to happen what were your thoughts I love these promos not only does it give a reason for the jobber versus wrestler match but it just puts over wrestling it just helps you understand what you're watching and it makes whether like it's not like oh the next match every headlock is so important but it is like a slight it it, it just helps wrestling seem like real it, it, like it's not obviously like in kayfabe but just like it, i don't know these are these are perfect for the show in this era of wrestling where there's not a lot of uh, attention paid to rules and the actual art quote unquote of the sport of it this this stands out so much these are these are very welcome um I'm excited to see Thatcher versus Stu. What's his name? Anthony Green, Austin Gray, Austin Random, Gray. Austin Green, Austin Gray, Austin Gray. So I'm excited to see this Austin Gray uh, Thatcher match. He I, I, he really impressed me two weeks ago in the uh, in the Thatcher's Thatch can segment. This was this one wasn't as fleshed out as the one two weeks ago. This was pretty much just Thatcher bullying his new student to death, and then the old student coming in and showing him what for. But yeah, we're getting we're getting some uh, some development here with Thatcher, and I'm excited to see what this kid has next week. Yeah. All right, we're backstage. Zia Lee's backstage. Um, she's asked about the letters she's been getting from Boa. She says that they're letters from her family and that they're personal. So back off, get your own sandwich. Um, but then she <laughs> says she needs to win. William Regal appears with a new letter, and Lee says that she needs to challenge Raquel Gonzalez next week. Regal says that he will take care of it. So I love I love Regal in these because uh, again every authority figure you see in wrestling is usually a bombastic over the top personality and Regal is just English grandpa and he's just well if that's what you wish you know and it's just it's perfect. It's- yep. All right, we get back from commercial. Ray Ripley uh, cuts a quick promo saying that she is happy to accept EO's challenge and she has been wanting to challenge EO for the title since June. All right, so this sets up next week. Next week, Matt, we're going to see Johnny Gargano versus somebody. He will defend his North American championship. Um, we're also going to see Breezango finally get the rematch for the NXT Tag Team Championships against uh, Lorkin and Birch. And we will see Zia Lee versus Raquel Gonzalez. So I have here's my prediction. Do we know what has happened to Andrade yet? Do we know if he's on a roster? Has he been has he been seen on Raw or SmackDown since the draft? I think Andrade's winning the North American title next Wednesday. You know what? Damn. That's a good prediction. That's a very good prediction. Thank you. One thing. Thank you. I, that, that's, go, maybe, that's maybe more of a pick with my heart than my head, but I'm going with it. Yep. You know what? I agree with this. I'm going to let's go with this. The reason why Johnny Gargano in his earlier promo made mention 
that, you know, I will not lose my first offense. I'm going to, you know, change history. I keep making history. I'm going to win this match. I'm going to win this match, you know. So why not have a nice little surprise, you know? That's what, that's what I'm thinking. And we haven't heard tell of Andrade since the draft. And I don't think he's fired because he's fabulous at wrestling. So, Well, and his, he's in the right family right now. Yeah, also that. Okay, Boris, do we want to put off the Velveteen Dream conversation another week? Because I'm very much okay with that. Yep, we're going to put it off again. Um, but I got to say, we are entering the main event. The main event was Tommaso Ciampa versus Velveteen Dream, who will now be known as Ciampa's opponent. Um, <laughs> you know, I got to say, I just can't with Dream anymore. I can't I can't with Ciampa's opponent anymore. It's, yeah, it's He just completely, no matter how good this match was, no matter how good this match um, put over Ciampa and whatnot, I just could not get into this. No, I completely understand a big part and without like going too far into it, but like the allegations against Velveteen Dream, they're very hard to separate from the performer because he's working this Rick Rude, Val Venus sexual style. All of his thing, every, all of his uh, mannerisms, all of his little gimmicks are so like over the top, like ravishing Rick Rude that it's, it's just hard to forget. So I 100% agree. Velveteen Dream since these things have come out, is wrestling his ass off, though. He really is. I don't want to like him. I don't want to cheer for him. I don't even want to really talk too much about this match. Ciampa controlled 90% of it in one clean, and Dream bumped like a fucking Super Bowl the entire time. It was really impressive. He was he was, he was was bumping his ass off. It, uh, it To me, though, it almost seems like Triple H and NXT, they're trying to draw sympathy for him right now, and it just, I ah, it bugs me. I don't want yeah. to see it. I don't want to feel sympathy for this guy. One thing about Dream is, you know, he did play this over-sexualized character, you know, Val Venus, Rick Rude, mind games type character. But if you've noticed lately, he's kind of been moving away from that. He, like Kushida, is now wearing jeans. Even though this, tonight, I do want to bring up something about Ciampa's opponent, and that's, he kind of looked like Virgil from NWO days, uh, Vincent. He also had this shirt that said OVA, OVA. And I'm like, you shouldn't be wearing a shirt that has anything that says over, ending, you know, anything like that. Like, just (laughs) just be smarter. Um, So there was that. So, you know, maybe they are trying to change his character overall. You know, give him a few losses, make him a little tougher, move him away from that over-sexualized uh, Rick Rude, Val Venus-like character. So we'll see. Maybe I might be able to see him differently down the road, but right now it's still too much. Um, no. You know, it, whether some stuff happened or not, it's hard, right? Like, it's, it's really hard to separate performer from real life, fake or not fake, and it is what it is there. Um, but it just takes and me quite, away from like, it. Quite frankly... Yeah, sorry. Quite frankly, I love wrestling. I've watched it since I was a, a young boy. I'll watch it probably for the rest of my life. But it's not worth it. Like, not for wrestling. Like, I'm not separating the wrestler. You know what I mean? It's pro wrestling. These guys are pretending to fight for, like, our entertainment. Like, it's not... No, I don't mean to... I love wrestling. I think it's incredibly hard. It's it's it, it, But, like, it's not high theater. Like, this is not... It's not worth that. You know what I mean? Like... 
I don't know. It's it's such a dumb, trivial thing to to forgive potentially serious fucking accusations over. Yeah. Anyway, the match itself was really good. I I wouldn't quite give it an A just because Champa controlled ninety five percent of it. If it was more back and forth, I probably would. I would give it three and three quarters jump scares for a seventy five percent jump scare package. Wow, that's higher than I thought. I'll go with. I, it. I really I, it. I I the match itself was great, man. It was dream. Dream takes a fucking hell of a bump, but fuck. Ah, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. One thing I do want to give kudos to champ for is his ring gear, his shredder look. Oh. I kind of like that. The Shao Kahn mask he busted out. That was yeah. really cool. It looked like he wanted to get it off his face immediately. He almost took it off on the stairs. It doesn't look like he likes it that much, but yeah. I think it's a great look for him. I think it works for him. Yeah. So as Matt mentioned, Champa controlled most of the match. Um, Champa pulls Dream out with a super kick. Dream throws a steel chair into the ring. Champa hits Widow's Bell fairy tale ending in the center of the ring for the three count and the win. Um, show then slowly goes out as the crowd is chanting NXT and Champa stares straight into the camera. That's yep, NXT. I- proper end fine end it was they really put Tommaso Ciampa over strong and I'm excited to see what Ciampa has next although I imagine it's either Balor or Karrion Cross, whoever comes back first probably Finn right like I would I'm not so. I'm not sure yeah what's Cross's injury it's like a popped ACL or something I think it's his shoulder okay his rotator cuff or something like that right he's out for a long while yeah um so overall on the whole what did you think of this show good show Uh, like i said it's like it's these shows at the start of the mountain rather than at the peak of the mountain are not always you know going to be like the strongest show in the in the upcoming two months but i liked it i thought it's like you said everyone has a character and the fact that everything matters and stories are progressing, makes the two hours feel like a breeze. Like, it's a really quick, enjoyable, professional wrestling watch. Yep, exactly. It's, like, I overall enjoyed it. Um, You know, I will give credit, again, to the fact that everyone on the show has something to do. Everything on the show meant something. Everything on the show will progress to next week. And one thing that I really appreciate is that, you know, they're not trying to shoehorn everyone into the show. There are times that you're not going to see, you know, your Tony Storms on the show. Um, One note that I did want to bring up is that this show, once again, to me, proves why the NXT women's division is far superior than the AEW women's division. I do think the AEW women's division is growing and getting better. I think we'll talk maybe later about uh, something uh, specifically about that that I I actually like and want to defend, but uh, you're 1,000% correct. I'd have to be a a complete fanboy to not uh, acquiesce that point. NXT's women's, women's division is pretty great. It's significantly better. And Wade Barrett has been saying it's the most competitive and exciting division in all of wrestling, which I'm not sure is true, but it's a great thing to say. It's a great little tagline for it. And yeah, it, indisputably NXT's women divi- women's division is killing it right now. All right. It's that time of the show. Best match of the night. Matt, what would you think? Um, So I'm going to go... I, I think Ciampa versus Dream had a shot at it, but I don't. It wasn't quite there. I think I'm going to go for Young Bucks 
versus private party on AEW. And I feel like you might disagree with that because you're not a fan of that necessarily that high flying our no, style. No, hold on. I, it's not that I'm not a fan <laughs> of it. It's not that I'm not a fan of it. It's that it's, 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 it's for, I feel like if you've seen one young bucks match, you've seen them all. That's, that's not unfair. Actually, that's precisely why I liked this Young Bucks match so much because there was some different in it. There was a little bit of variety in it. There was Matt Jackson was selling his ass off. It did genuinely look for a second there like Private Party was going to win, even though coming into the match, it should have never been in doubt for a second. I thought they did a really good job and it was a pretty worthy match. I thought it should have closed the show. Uh, It did not. They closed the show with uh, the Austin Gunn, Billy Gunn, Cody Rhodes win over the Dark Order, which was... To me, a kind of a strange decision. I, I think they more than more than that match, they wanted to close the show with Cody's promo, which was really good. But yeah, so for me, match of the show, match of the night was the uh, AEW tag team match between the Bucks and the Private Party uh, Squadron. But promo of the night, and I would have thought I would have given it to AEW. Hold on, hold on. I I'll give I'll give my match of the night first. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, so my match of the night is Tony Storm. And Shotzi Blackheart, even though there were a few hiccups, um, you know, if you can put a box match and accept hiccups, then <laughs> we can put Shotzi Blackheart in my match of the night. A hundred percent valid. There's going to be some hiccups in a Young Bucks private yeah. party match. For and sure. again, it sounds like uh, I don't well, like. It sounds like I don't like them. It sounds like I don't like that style. But you know, it's just it. It, it for at this point, it is what it is. Um, you know, I enjoy it for what it is. I do get an entertainment out of it. Uh, I do think that the Bucks maybe are arguably the best tag team in the world, you know, overall. But, you know, it's just, it is what it is. No. No. That well, makes well, sense. You will, I think our listeners and you will learn, kind of, and, and, and we'll have these discussions over time. So For sure. For sure. All right. Sure. So that's match of the night. Promo of the night. Matt. All right. So, yeah. So, coming into this, I was fixing to give it to Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, but that wasn't, I don't know. Eddie Kingston was a little excited in that promo. He talked over John a little too much. I thought that it was a, it was a fantastic promo. They'll never cut a bad one, but having gone through the show, I think I'm switching my promo the night to Pat McAfee. I think it was great. It achieved everything it needed to. It was the first Jersey retirement I've ever seen in wrestling. And now I'm, I'm so excited to see more from the Kings of NXT. So I'm giving promo the night to Pat McAfee and the Kings. Nice. All right. We're in agreement. I also give it to Pat McAfee and the Kings of NXT. Um, you know what? With 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 honorable mention for me to Johnny Gargano. You know, I never oh. thought I would say that Johnny Gargano could have the promo of the night. Like that to me sounds like such a foreign <laughs> thing, a crazy thing to say, but here we are. Twenty twenty, year of crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, no, Pat McAfee and the Kings of NXT. Promo of the night. Again, two weeks back to back from me. Yep, same. Well, not actually. I gave it I gave it last week you to uh time. to the Moxley Kingston feud. But yeah, the Pat McAfee has been the best promo on NXT for two weeks running. At least, at least. At least. At least. All right. So earlier we kind of talked about a new segment. It's overall, you know, what made you pop? What made you rant? So, you know. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Matt, what made you pop this week? 
Cool. So, what made me pop this week? We're finally getting the dream match, baby. FTR versus Young Bucks. I, I've been excited for this match since, what, 2014, 2015? Yeah. I cannot wait to see what they what they come up with. The, the two clash of styles, but it, it, we've always seen FTR have fantastic matches with smaller, flighty baby faces. And this is the one. This is the one I've been waiting for. I'm a tag team wrestling mark, and I cannot wait for this one. All right. What made me pop? Well, the entire buildup to Moxley Kingston. These are two guys who I just cannot wait to watch do their thing. You know, their promos have been just excellent. You know, top top tier performers, top tier promos. Here we are, you know, super clash. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, AEW has this thing where I feel like, you know, someone new comes in, it's a nice and new shiny toy, gets that title shot, loses, and then moves to the mid card, you know, but we'll see what happens, you know, I, I, I want to say that Moxie's going to win, but there's a big part of me that thinks that Kingston could take it on Saturday, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, my, what made me pop is the entire build-up, especially last night's promo to the Moxley-Kingston match this weekend. Now, what made you rant, Matt? Uh, what made me rant? The build to FTR versus Young Bucks. <laughs> I love okay. it. Okay, so I, I actually, I have called myself the AEW fanboy on this podcast, and we've been a little negative to the Young Bucks. So let me just say that I do like the Young Bucks. I think they're incredible wrestlers. I've paid my own money to see them live numerous times. I'd like to do so again if the world ever restarts. This build has been objectively terrible a fucking tire fire this is closer to brett hart versus vince mcmahon in 2010 than it is a worthy build to a dream match they have actively ruined this the fucking turning the bucks heel by like super kicking uh announcers first of all is completely derivative it's just Shawn michaels kicking stan over and over and over so like the fact that they built their entire character around it is pretty lame like we saw it once it was cute and then we didn't need to see it again secondly the fact that they went heel at all and the young bucks were kind of, or an FTR were kind of flirting babyface just ruined it. Like, why would you, why would you bother doing that? The young bucks were the incubate owners of the company and the FTR FTR were like the invading heels. It was just such an easy, simple story to tell. And they could have just done six man tags, done the eight mans, keep teasing the way they were. They didn't have to include all this storyline stuff. I think every segment they've done has hurt this match and I want to see it less now, which sucks. I have a question for you about this. Yes. Do you think that it's too soon to have this match? I think, hmm, I could have done with them putting it off more, but I think what they've been doing to put it off has sucked so bad that no, just do it immediately. Please just get it done. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like in a, in a vacuum, yes, but in through what's happening, no, get it on TV. Yeah. I, I, I can see that. All right. I'm cool with that. Um, one thing that, got me a little bit about this entire buildup was the whole, you know, Bucks going heel, but yet now they throw in the whole condition that if they lose, they're not going to challenge for the tag team belts again. That's such a face thing to do. I don't get what, why, what this adds to anything, you know? Well, yeah, no, I, it's almost as if they just want to do this every year on full gear because they did it last year with Cody, but it kind of devalues it. It kind of just makes it fake and dumb the only thing the only way that i see this actually working is that ftr wins 
You know what I mean? If, if the Young Bucks just win this match, it was just made obvious that they're going to do it. I think FTR has to win, and then the Bucks maybe put up their career. Maybe they just do the same thing Cody's doing, and there's the TNT tag titles. I don't know. But I, uh, I, uh, I agree with that, though. I think the Young Bucks, in their sit-down promo, the last one, they officially, like, established that they were faces. I don't want to say turned face again, but, like, established that they were faces that were acting heelish and not heels. You know, but it's just confusing and dumb. Like, why not just, ah, I don't know. I think, I think this build has actively taken away from one of the few dream matches in wrestling, and it really sucks. But- exactly. One of the things, like, for me was, you know, this match would be a lot more effective with the crowd. So maybe they're going to redo it once there's crowds again. Yeah, um, but they true. wanted to, you know, but they need to sell these pay-per-views. Uh, people yeah. are going to pay for these pay-per-views, so they need to put something on the show. Uh, so, you know, having a dream match like this, but at the same time, I don't think they put the effort that they could have into the buildup. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested to kind of see what they do in the future. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's unfortunate, right? I just think it's unfortunate. I just think that, yeah, they, they're just ruining it. They're just, yeah, it just, I, I don't know. It's obviously very hard to, to sign a team in the summer and then stretch the big match out till November. But I don't know. They didn't do a good job. That's all I can say. They did not do a good job. But what made you rant this week, Boris? Well, it's something that happened just last night. It's something that I know that you're going to defend, but <laughs> we're going to get into this. And that is Serena Deeb. Allison K for the NWA Women's World Championship at AEW's Full Gear buy-in. I don't get why they have two amazing performers competing against each other for someone else's belt. I understand the whole, you know, Tony Khan wants to live in this world and AEW wants to live in this world where, you know, we're not the only guys in town. There's other promotions, but they pick and choose when they want to acknowledge the promotions. I understand that they may have a working relationship, but the fact that this NWA women's title, which has the storied and, you know, history and it's, you know, it goes back years at the end of the day. That match, that bit, like, you know, lack, like, for me, it just seems like a better sell than their own women's belt and matchup. I completely understand that uh, criticism for sure. Um, So I actually thought that you were going to be mad that this was on the pre-show, and that's what I was going to defend. But I can't really argue anything that you just said. That's all really great points. I I do want to just add my slight defense of this being on the pre-show. The pre-show in AEW is not a demotion. In WWE, it's seen as being like the shittiest match. But in AEW, what they're trying to do is make the pre-show important. They're trying to put a good match on the pre-show because they know that more people are seeing the pre-show than they are the pay-per-view. That's just math. It's just a fact. So it's actually not... In This is Tony Khan's company line anyway, and I mean, I tend to believe it. It's not necessarily like he's putting the shittiest match on. It's just it's just the match that he wants to show, that he wants to use to sell the pay-per-view. And I think it's actually like a, a good, it shows faith in Allison Kay and Serena Deeb, but that kind of proves your point. Why is he pushing the NWA women's title more than his? Yep. And you know, the simple answer could be the history, you know? Um, Then say it. But for me, you know, the biggest criticism of AEW has been their women's division. 
um and 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 here you are putting you know two people with a belt in a i'm gonna say more prominent role position even though it's in the buy-in than your own company's belt it's just to me it doesn't make sense you know i i want yeah i i agree with that man i 100 see it that way yeah more people will see that match than the uh hikaru shida versus uh, nyla rose match so yeah i think so and it's gotten i think it's gotten more love maybe not more tv time but it is treated as maybe more prestigious (laughs) prestigious as you said um like it I don't. I it just. I, I'm. I'm trying to see the positive. I don't want to sound like a negative anti AW guy. I'm far from it. I'm far from it. But you know, I'm not. The honeymoon's over. I'm gonna criticize yeah. AEW the same way I criticize WWE at this point. So well, you know, of course. you know, I think that that's something that I want to also talk about a little bit right now. And it's that fact that AEW is fantastic. It's not perfect. And I think a lot of people kind of give them a pass because they're the new guys in town. They've been they've been around for a year. It hasn't been the easiest year, losing crowds, um, you know, and 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 losing some of your roster because of travel and and whatnot. But you know, I'm gonna criticize them. I'm gonna watch them with the same glasses as I watch WWE. And you know, sometimes I might sound a little more critical, but that's where we're at. No, hey man, that's completely fair, and I'm glad glad you're doing it. I, I I try to, you know, keep that attitude as well. Although I do love a lot of what AEW does, but I did just tear the young bucks a new one. So hey, um, do you want to do quick uh, predictions for the pay per view on Saturday before we move on? Of course, of awesome. course. All right, okay, so yeah. we're gonna start from. So obviously, we can only give predictions on what we know, which I think we know most. Of. Yeah, I think right now we're at nine matches. I'm going to start, a, well, I've already started uh, like a little Google Docs. So anyone who wants to follow along with our picks, we can, uh, you can check out the standings and stuff. And just so you can see where we're at too, Boris. But yeah, so uh, I guess we can start with the buy-in. Allison K versus Serena Deeb, who you got? All right, so I can go first. I'm going to say Serena Deeb. Yeah. Mm. I'm gonna have to 100% agree on that one. I think they're setting up, and oh, I, I also wanted to add, maybe they're pushing the NWA women's title so hard because they're building to a unification, and they you need to make the other belt seem like something. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I don't know if that even makes sense. I don't know if I would do that. I don't know. But anyway, I do 100% agree that Serena Deeb is winning on Saturday. Okay. You know, the one thing I thought of is. You know, what if Serena Deeb drops it because she is signed to AEW? But then I remembered Allison K is a free agent, or she claimed she was. So, mm. you know, this might be a clever way of getting the belt off of Serena Deeb on a, a big platform that, pr- that promotes NWA. And people True. will watch, you know, whatever NWA shows are on. I forgot what that show is called on Tuesday nights that they have yeah, right same. now. Yeah, it's, same. It's not, not power. power. It's, it's the, the one that they're... That, that they're doing right yeah. now live. Yeah. yeah. Prime time uh, okay. or something like that. Anyways, so, uh, go ahead, Matt. Yeah. Oh, sorry, man. Uh, yeah. So, uh, match number two on the show. I'm not sure. It, it's unclear if this was moved off the buy-in or if it will still be on the buy-in. I think it's off the buy-in now and it's actually on the pay-per-view proper orange Cassidy versus John silver. 
this one was moved from the buy-in. So this was yeah. what happened yesterday. They moved this match from the buy-in to the main card, and then Tony Khan says, but I'm working on something big for everyone, more to um, announce later, and then they announced that women's match. Um, gotcha, gotcha. I went first last time. Do you want to go first this time? Sure, yeah. I'm going with Orange Cassidy here. He needs wins. He's going to get this win. John Silver, as great as he is, does not need wins. So I think this will be a safe and clear win for Orange. And uh, I'm ready for him to move on from the Dark Order, although I don't think that's going to happen for a long time. I agree. Um, yeah, Orange Cassidy needs this win. Uh, you know, the thing about AEW is that, you know, their booking is smart. They book long-term. They, they do care about win-losses, but they also remember that, you know, Having someone lose multiple big-time matches, you don't want them to get the Bray Wyatt syndrome, and, yeah. you know, then fans are just not going to take that person serious. They're already walking a very thin line with Orange Cassidy, so he really needs a couple big wins. This might not be the biggest win, but it's a win on a pay-per-view, so it's going to weigh more than a win on Dynamite or Dark. So, I agree, Absolutely. Orange Cassidy. Right on. So moving on, Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in the elite deletion match. All right. I don't want to see these guys fight anymore. I think <laughs> that every time these guys have even looked at each other, someone gets injured. Um, but I'm going to go with Sammy. Yeah, I think I think, yeah, this is a this is a big win for Sammy. I don't know why they feel the need to keep going with this, but maybe they just didn't feel satisfied with the blow-off match and want another opportunity. They're doing this is definitely going to be a cinematic match, as they say. I think it'll be pretty entertaining. Uh, I just think if Matt Hardy wins, the story has to continue because Hardy's like the old man and Sammy should win the feud in the end because he's the young babyface, right? So I think Sammy gets the final win. So part of me is worried Matt Hardy wins because it's the elite deletion and all that. But I think it puts Sammy over strong if he beats Hardy in his own crazy uh, scenario. So I'm going Sammy as well. Sammy Guevara to win the elite deletion. All right. <laughs> Moving on, the AEW Women's Championship. Hikaru Shida champion versus Nyla Rose. Personally, go with Nyla this time. I think she's going to win this. I think they're pushing her strong. And uh, Shida... Sheeta's really good, but she's almost at the point where she doesn't need the title. I think getting the title on Nyla, who can then elevate the next woman who beats her, would be good. And Sheeta can stay very, very strong in the division. I think she's very popular already. I think she's kind of made. So I, I think you put the title back on Nyla here. That's my that's my pick. I'm going with Hikaru Sheeta. The reason why is because I think that uh, Miss Britt Baker will eventually be the one who takes it off Sheeta. Mm. So I'm going Sheeta on this one. That makes a lot of sense. Might have just uh, shot myself in the foot there, Boris. But, uh, I, 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 you know, you can't just pick the same thing in every Exactly. Match, so. yeah. All right. So, Chris Jericho versus MJF. If MJF wins, he can join the inner circle. I'm going MJF here. I think it's going to be a good match. And uh, I, just for storyline purposes, I think MJF wins. But it's possible that they do something else and swerve us a little bit. But I think the logical step here is that Maxwell Jacob Friedman defeats Chris Jericho. I want to put this on the record. I do agree with you. I think that storyline-wise, it makes sense for MJF to win. But for the sake of friendly competition, I'm going Jericho. Fair enough. Oh, absolutely. Right on. Okay. Speaking of friendly competition, Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. Who do you like here, Boris? All right. Um, Cody Rhodes. Yeah. 
I understand that pick. I'm going to go Darby. I just don't think Darby can afford the loss. I think they've been pushing him enough that it makes sense that he could be a, a, a champion in this company. He probably won't have a long title run because he's not suited for that. But I think this is a big, important win for Darby. And if I were booking, he'd get the W here. So we're going to go Darby Allen over Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship. Cody Next up, Rhodes. FTR versus the Young Bucks. If the Young Bucks lose, they can never challenge for the AEW tag titles again. I already alluded to this, but I'm taking FTR in this one. I think that makes the most sense for the storyline. And if the Young Bucks just win this match, it makes the build even more pointless and stupid. So I'm going FTR. What do you think? Oh, this is, you know what? This is actually a tough one. I'm going to have to go with the Young Bucks. Oh, nice. Nice. Makes a lot of sense. You can't argue that, really. Um, Second last match on the card, the uh, final of the number one contenders tournament, Hangman Adam Page versus Kenny Omega. Boris, what do you think? I think Kenny's got this, you know, we're at a point. This is something about Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, biggest wrestler in the world for a few years. Hottest thing in wrestling, arguably, when AEW started. And he's kind of played a mid-card role. I understand that, you know, being the VP, you know, you don't want to put nepotism and book yourself to win everything <coughs> Cody but um <laughs> I feel that we're at a point now where Kenny Omega needs to be the star that AEW needs him to be so I'm gonna go Kenny Omega well put he needs to be the star that AEW needs he needs to be the hero they need but don't deserve and yes I think well they do deserve him they do <laughs> I think uh, Kenny Omega wins this tournament and eventually beats John Moxley for the world title, who I predict will defeat Eddie Kingston in the I Quit main event of this Saturday's AEW Full Gear show. What do you think, Boris? I agree with you for the simple fact that I can see Omega Moxley being the next program. 100 million percent agree and that's going to do it for our picks. Again, I'll throw a link up there for uh, for everyone to just check them out as we go through these. Um, probably just going to pick pay-per-views when they come up yep. and NXT takeovers. But uh, yeah, Man, uh, have you got go. anything else to add this week, good pal? I think we're at a point where we can call it a show. I think we're at a point where I'm been, I've been wrestling out for the week. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Speaking of being sick of things, let's go dive into that U.S. election coverage. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> have everyone, everyone out there, you know, stay safe. Have yourself a great... Uh, week ahead and ah i don't even know i don't even know what to possibly say right now exactly. pro wrestling's good at least exactly pro wrestling is well good on wednesdays wednesday is the best night we will talk next week about all things nxt we'll go through our picks we'll do our um what made you pop what made you rant and we'll just you know we'll just chat some wrestling in general so thank you for Everyone for listening, goodbye.